0: Welcome in to another episode of Home Field Advantage. We're all having a great week. Wherever you may be listening or watching across our great country or our great land, it's October 5th, 2023. Our first Thursday show, our first midweek show in a little while. We're going to do two shows a week. As long as you, the people, want it, we will provide it. Um, So I'm excited about that. If I sound a little tired, it's early in the morning. I usually record at night. But alas, here we are. I don't think I've done a recording this early since the Morning Advantage used to air back in 2021. It's been a little while. For today's show, I want to talk about two things. And then I also want to get to the mailbag. We have three mailbag questions via Facebook, which I will... um, go and read from in a little bit there're quickly uh two topics I want to get to um one of them is baseball related and so are two mailbag questions so I'll get to that topic second the first topic is news that um Liverpool which is a English soccer club owned by the Red Sox owner John Henry Liverpool's manager, his name is Jurgen Klopp, he's been upset about the result of a replay in, um, in their match against Tottenham on Saturday. Now, in soccer, those of you who watch international soccer will know this, but they don't really call it instant replay. They call it Video Assisted Referee, also um, abbreviated to VAR or VAR. Now, VAR is very controversial in European soccer, particularly in the Premier League. And on Saturday, during the Liverpool and Tottenham contest, there was a goal that was offside, that was ruled offside, I should say and checked by VAR, also known as Instant Replay, to us as Americans. And despite the VAR check, was still ruled offside, even though there was video evidence that it was onside and the goal should have counted. This was even acknowledged by other referees, including the Premier League themselves, in some way, after the match. This is where this gets problematic. Because Jurgen Klopp is now suggesting that the match itself should be replayed and redone, and that the three points that went to Tottenham should have um, should be basically negated, and that they should go and redo the match as if the first one never happened. That's the headline I read. Um, I'm going to pull up the story. If I can here, but what what makes it problematic to me is that if you do this once, now you're doing it all the time. You know what I mean. Remember a few years ago when the Rams and the Saints were in the NFC Championship game at the Super uh, at the Superdome, and there was that flagrant missed pass interference call. Well. If at every moment, if at every moment they decided they wanted to replay that AFC championship game, that's millions of dollars on the line that have to get reallocated. That's TV schedule that has to get reassessed. And more importantly than the economic impact, that would be a situation where the integrity of the game is compromised. Now, people are gonna say the integrity of the game is compromised as it is with things like instant replay and VAR. And I mean, what you're suggesting is when you here we go, I just want to pull this up. Um when you when you suggest things like this, what you're really suggesting. Is that not only is there probably human error involved in these institutions, but rather that there's a directive for the outcome to appear in a certain way? That's what Klopp is suggesting. That's what Liverpool is suggesting in this case. Um, That's what the uh, Saints suggested. Um, Is that they were robbed, not because of human error, but because there was a tact incentive for the officials to have their opponent win the game. Um, And I I really just want to find the quote. All right. Let's see. I know this isn't great content right here. I will give Klopp credit. He did carefully tell people not to take it the wrong way and get angry and do all sorts of destructive things. Um, For those of you who might be uh, unfamiliar, that tends to be a problem in European soccer. There's a lot of hooliganism, a lot of rioting that uh, happens as a result of sports. Um, In particularly soccer in that part of the world. Um, So I think he's trying to ease some of those things, uh, especially toward the referee. All right, here's the quote. I can say immediately, even though some people might not want me to say it, not as the manager of Liverpool so much, more as a football person, I think the outcome should be a replay. That's how it is. Probably will not happen. The situation is unprecedented. I am used to wrong decisions. But sometimes like that, as far as I can remember, nothing like that has ever happened. Well, Klopp should know um, that back in April, he told then interim Tottenham manager Ryan Mason to, quote, worry about other things. When Ryan Mason um, came up with uh, came up with a complaint over a non red card in an VAR check in that match back in April between the two clubs. Similarly, Mohamed Salah was awarded a penalty in the first two minutes of the Champions League final between these two clubs back in 2019, that a lot of people still believe a lot of people in North London specifically who are Tottenham fans still believe it's unjust. So look, it was a, it was the wrong call. Um, it should not have been offside, but at the same time, there are, there's human error in officiating. There is. Um, and so anytime you do one of two things, anytime you insinuate that there should be a replay in the match. That means, or replay of the game. That means that you basically are pinning the entire event on one call, which a lot of us know as sports fans is not the truth. That's not the truth. Um, Liverpool was defending with eight men or sorry, nine men. On on Saturday, the Saints still got the ball in overtime and didn't convert back in 2019. So, you know, the tuck rule in Oakland, no one talks about the fourth down play that Oakland failed on, right? They always talk about the tuck rule. So the point is, or that Oakland had a 13 to three lead in the game. So the point is, when it comes to these officiating calls, if you're going to do the first thing, if you're going to insinuate that there should be a replay, of the match, you as a coach or an, or a an representative of that team are basically saying that your entire performance was dictated on that one play, which all of us know is not true. Um, number two, if you insinuate that there's more than human error, you're leading on that you believe there's a problem not just with the mistakes being made with the institution, but rather that there's a vast wider agenda. You saw a lot of these calls here after the Super Bowl the past couple of years, especially last year, when there was that holding call. Um, And the year before, when there was another holding call at the end of the Super Bowl. A lot of people believe that sports are rigged. And so when you say things like, you know, VAR or instant replay are corrupt. It's not just that the people in charge are failing and maybe need to be replaced, but it's that the people in charge have an agenda that favors one team or another. And I just think we need to sort of get away from that in sports, but I'll get off my soapbox for now this morning. All right. The second thing I want to talk about is the MLB series. All right. So I didn't end up with my Mariners and Braves World Series. Um I mistakenly thought the Mariners were in the third wild card. This is how much I've been paying attention to baseball the last like month or so since the Red Sox were eliminated. Um so I don't I'm not going to get my Mariners Braves or World Series. It's possible that we might end up with a Texas or a Minnesota and Braves World Series and there have been years where I've been high on Minnesota there's been years where I've been high on Texas but now this year they're finally uh, getting there so the twins will go and play the Astros they took quick care of the Blue Jays last night interesting thing about the Blue Jays is that they decided to pull Jose Barrios after three innings Not quite sure what that was about. The analytics maybe told them that it was a bad situation for him, but the eyeball test of anybody who understands baseball would tell you that Jose Barrios should have stayed in that game. Doesn't matter. The twins move on. They take care of Toronto. Then meanwhile, the Rays just were nowhere to be found. Um, Literally the fans weren't either. Um, and the Rangers took care of them. So the, the, the once mighty AL East is down to just the Baltimore Orioles who will take on the Rangers. And then over in the national league, there were two sweeps as well. This was the interesting thing that I wanted to touch on before we got to the mailbag. All four wildcard series. It used to be that the wildcard was just absorbed into the, um, absorbed into the divisional series, and that it wasn't really a round, it was more of a one-game playoff. Now it's being absorbed, or excuse me, expanded into its own round, which is pretty interesting, all things considered. Um, I did not expect that there would be four sweeps. I maybe thought that the Blue Jays would have stolen a game or that the Rays would have stolen a game, at least on the American league side. So the once mighty AL East is down to just the Orioles and the national league is the same thing. The national league, the Phillies took quick care of, I believe it was the Marlins. And then the diamondbacks took care of the, uh, the diamondbacks, took care of the Brewers. So now you have the Diamondbacks playing the Dodgers and the Phillies playing the Braves. Those are going to be two great series. Um, If you think about it, Arizona and the Dodgers have a divisional rivalry as as it pertains already. Um, Arizona has been bad for a long time. Los Angeles has been good for a long time. So it's a little bit of good versus evil there. And then the Braves and the Phillies have had a rivalry that's lasted longer than I've been alive. And those are two of the premier franchises in the national league and in the senior circuit. So it's going to be good baseball. I'm excited about it. Um, I think, I think once the world series happens, I'll probably tune in more. It's going to be kind of hard to catch all these um, with everything else going on, Um, but I'll be sure to, uh, to stay in touch with them. I think it's, I think the MLB postseason is, is getting better. I, I like it now. I like the format now reminds me of the old NFL format, right? Two teams get a buy. And then, you know, you have four, uh, four teams playing one another in the wildcard round in order to move on um, and face the others. I, I, I think it's a better, I think it's a better format. To um, have two buys. I don't like it when I don't like the current NFL format where only one team gets a buy. I think that's stupid. Um, but anyway, not a topic of conversation today. What it is though, is we have three mail back questions, which I'll get to now. I'm going to start with the two baseball ones, considering we were just talking about baseball. So, first and foremost, I'll do the harder one first. So the harder one comes from Paul. Paul wants to know if the White Sox can ride the ship in 2024. I know Paul resides in Illinois, so that is of interest to him. Here's what I'll say about the Chicago White Sox. Very confusing. A very confusing team. Um, Chicago sports really has taken a massive nosedive recently. Uh, And Chicago and the White Sox have been a part of that. So Tim Anderson, I think in twenty twenty four has to have a better year. I think he hit underwater this year. He wasn't the same player. I think losing Jose Abreu hurt their lineup. Um, I do think they have young players that are intriguing. Um, uh, I believe Luis Robert is his name Junior um, is really is uh, a really talented player. Um, I don't think Mancata has really produced offensively the way that a lot of people thought. Still a decent year, um, but hasn't been the all-star um, that a lot of people expected when he first sort of rose to fame there, um, you know, eight or nine years ago when he was really young. Has not been that guy. There's going to be significant questions about the White Sox roster as it pertains to players like Dylan Cease, right, who are going to be free agents pretty soon. What they do there, what they do with the high end parts of their roster um, are going to dictate how well they play because the central isn't getting worse. It, it, it's it's not, you know, I, I think Cleveland will be better. Minnesota will be right there. It was not a good division this year. Um, it just simply was not. Um, but I think Cleveland will be better and Minnesota will be right there um they have a lot of exciting young players. Um I'm not sure about Kansas City. And uh I have my doubts. Um I have my doubts about Detroit um to say the least. But I, I think that I think that the White Sox can ride the ship. Seems like they're gonna seems like they're gonna continue with their interim GM there. Um so It's all gonna it's all gonna come down to roster turnover and how they can compete in that division. Um because as we've seen, excuse me, even with an expanded playoff, it's still difficult in the American League to make the postseason when basically the Astros and at least two teams from the American leagues are going to qualify every year, leaving only three others league wide. So that's going to be hard. Um, But that might not be the goal for Chicago. The goal for Chicago might just be uh, riding the ship and providing hope for future seasons. But, you know, we're not that far removed from when I thought they were the best team in the American league. That was back in 2021. All right, sticking on a baseball note and on a Sox note Dan Staton wants to know if I what my expectations are for the uh Red Sox future in 2024. Well, here's here's the short answer Dan because I could spend 30 minutes talking about this too. Um I I think much like the White Sox the Red Sox roster turnover is going to dictate a lot of what to expect next season. I think both teams are in a similar predicament. They have a few players that they can build around and the rest of the roster is underwhelming and the pitching staff has some question marks. Um, So I think with, with the Red Sox, it's about there's less clarity in the front office. They, they don't know who their director of baseball ops is going to be um That's going to go a long way in determining what the future looks like. Um, I think it's clear that they want some sort of change and that they want to be more like the Red Sox we were used to watching five years ago or 15 years ago um but I do think that it's gonna come there's gonna come a point. When decisions are going to have to be made and they're going to have to be made fast because the winter meetings are going to be here in probably like eight weeks, right? It's going to be free agency, is going to open up, you know, I believe sometime after Thanksgiving. There's going to be the trade markets around the two. Like it's going to be busy and the socks are going to have to, in my opinion, go out and swing for two big pitchers. Um, I think the free agent class next year is better. This one's a little bit this one is a little bit dry as far as position players are concerned. Um but I'm i I'm actually less worried about the Red Sox lineup next year than I am about the pitching staff. I think the starting rotation needs an overhaul. Um I'd like Chris Sale, Nick Pavetta, Brian Bayo, and Cutter Crawford to be involved in the team. Um I think Crawford could be in your, in your rotation. Um, Pavetta, I think will have to be re-signed. I think his contract is up. Um, They might not want, they might not want to pay what he's probably going to demand. Um, But um, without getting into a big long thing about certain players I think you have probably three starting pitchers that you can look at and say they can be a part of the staff next year as long as they're healthy. That's Bayo, that's Crawford, and that's Sale. All are under contract. Um, a guy like Winkowski or Whitlock is going to have to move to the bullpen. Same thing with Houck. Um Where where things get interesting, though, is who do you go out and get as these two pitchers? So I think that's what the Red Sox need to do for their future. They need to go out and they need to get not one, but two um, free agent starting pitchers who are top of the rotation caliber guys. Cause unfortunately, as much as I like Chris Sale, you can't really bank on him pitching a lot. Um, he's going to be due for an injury, but I still think he's earned the right to be a part of this team um, because of the way he's handled his injuries. Again, that's a topic for another show, but I think, I think he's worked too hard and has been too much to this franchise and um, to just let his last year go by the wayside. Plus I don't think you're going to get much trade value for him possibly um with that injury history uh looming over him. I think he's he's way you're way better off paying him to pitch for you than to pitch against you. Um but Corbin Burns is a name, Dylan Cease is a name. Uh people have talked about Giolito. Um people have talked about um you know all all sorts of different um Pitchers, Blake Snell's another one too that uh, comes up a lot. I think those are the guys you need to identify. And that's going to go a long way for the 2024 success. All right, last but not least, Rory wants to know what I think of the JC Jackson trade and how it affects their season. Well, I think it will positively affect their season because they just need bodies out there in the secondary at this point. Um, I mean, between Jack Jones and John Jones. And Marcus Jones. So the three Jones is all being hurt. Plus, you have Christian Gonzalez now hurt. I mean, that's your those are your four best corners down. Um now, so now you've got you bring JC Jackson in the mix. Um, I think it will be helpful to have another body there. Uh, I'm not sure he's the same guy that we saw. What was it, two or three years ago when he had an amazing season? Um, I don't think he's that guy right now. Uh he's shown that. Um, He's also had some problems over there in uh, Los Angeles. But I I simply just think that this team is treading water and needed something. Uh, If he can give you anything, it's better than nothing. Um, You're going to be playing a lot of solid passing teams this year, right? Think about the Chiefs, who you're going to be playing. Um, You know, think about the Colts with Michael Pittman. You're going to be playing them. You're going to be playing the Steelers, who have a couple of young guys who are solid. Um, you're going to be playing the uh, Chargers, who have Mike Williams, who's uh, who's ha- or excuse me, was it Mike Williams or Keenan Allen? One of them went off a few weeks ago, and then one of them got hurt. I forget, but I digress. You're going to be playing a lot of teams with talented quarterbacks and talented passing games. So I think having J.C. Jackson in the fold um, will help with your depth at least until maybe John Jones or Jack Jones can come back. Um, As far as what I think of the trade, um, it was an easy trade, easy trade to make. This is, this follows in the, this follows in the footsteps of Jamie Collins or Kyle Van Noy or anybody else who got paid elsewhere only to come back to New England um, when their uh, big contract that they signed got too expensive for that other team. So I like the trade. I always like it when stuff like this happens. I think it's constructive to bring back guys in, into New England that know how to play here, that know how to play for Bill. Um, and I liked JC Jackson as a player here. I thought he was very underrated uh, for the beginning part of his career. Um, he was partly responsible for you winning the 2019 AFC Championship game at Arrowhead um, in the way that he covered Tyree Kill and others in that game. Um, but I'm just not sure if he's the same player. Um, but I guess that doesn't matter when you're missing your top four corners. So that's what I think of the trade. All right, that's going to do it for this quick episode of Home Field Advantage. Hope you enjoyed the program. Hope you enjoyed the second episode of the week. We'll be back on Monday to discuss all things that happened with the NFL over the season. Or excuse me, over the weekend. Um, only five games in the season now. In the meantime, head over and listen to Odd Man Rush. That's our hockey podcast with Kyle. But until next time, have a great rest of your week. If you liked this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite provider, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Stitcher. You can also listen to Home Field Advantage and Filling Up wherever you listen to podcasts. Home Field Advantage is now expanding to two days a week, Monday and Thursday. So we hope you all check us out there and follow us at Homefield Pod. Every Sportland USA program is an independent program, and the opinions expressed on them do not reflect those of any other company, outlet, person, or entity.